Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, continuing to digest a Lyle Sentencich-ish rushing total for the Red Raider defense that helped doom them in Manhattan, Kansas. We'll also dive under the headset to review a couple of decisions and ask questions like, why? Coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Glad to be back with you on Locked On Texas Tech. Your team every day on the Locked On podcast network i'm casey cowan with the only chris level and we'd like to thank our friends at linkedin jobs for bringing you this episode and being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the locked on college network linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college today terms and conditions apply 3728 as the red raiders do make it interesting at various points chris in manhattan kansas but come up short against their fourth consecutive top 25 opponent in the Kansas State Wildcats. And as I talked about on the morning after report, man, the theme is just great frustration really for me because there are so many feast or famine kind of moments where there's something encouraging and then there's the opposite of that. And I know that frustration has to go double or triple uh, for the players and, and coaching staff themselves. Yeah, uh, you know, of uh, we've all seen this movie in Manhattan before, man. You're just kind of right there, but just not quite good enough to to beat a team like that in their place because they just don't make uh, quite as many mistakes. You know, but but I think the big picture thing, Casey, is this team's probably about where we thought they'd be. Maybe even a bit better than we thought they'd be. Uh, did we think there would be offensive line problems? Yes. Did we think that? the skill on offense was a concern because you had no proven commodity coming into the season. Yes. And these things just make your margin for error really, really small. And, you know, Kansas state's got 69 yard run by Deuce Vaughn. They've got a, another one equals as much by Adrian Martinez. They're scoring on their big plays. You just don't really have anything or anyone like that. And, and, and then when you turn it over four times, and we're we're just talking offense, but guess what? You wipe all that out. I don't care who you're playing. You give up 350 yards on the ground, ain't gonna go well. I mean, the 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 end. You you you've given up 399 through the first four games, and you give up I think 346 against Kansas State alone. Ugh. Recipe for disaster. I mean, you almost equal the total rushing yards given up in one game compared to your first four. And you'd played B. John Robinson. You played a really good rushing attack against NC State. Houston's pretty good at running the ball, but they just they just got you. And a lot of it is this this long, long runs. Um there's a hundred and what 140 yards basically in two plays. And that just you can't you're not good enough to overcome that kind of stuff, especially on the road against a good team. And that's what Kansas State appears to be right now. Yeah, no doubt. You, you knew they'd be sound, you know, how dynamic, et cetera, big play oriented. You never really know, but very much so uh, this particular Saturday with Deuce Vaughn and, and Adrian Martinez. And Chris, I, I think we saw the hellacious, nightmarish recipe from K-State that 
you and I kind of talked about and maybe expected to see from Bijan Robinson a week prior where you kind of feel like, all right, you're battling. You kind of contained, uh, for the most part, the second and third quarters, you know, what they were doing on the ground or offensively. You certainly had the momentum there heading into halftime and, and didn't have a bad third quarter either. But then those big back-breaking plays. Now, when we described it against Texas, we kind of talked about, yeah, maybe for three quarters you're containing, you're containing, and then boom, a big one. You just got it out of the way on the first drive of this game. I mean, two-play scoring drive, 57 and 16-yard carries, I think, for Adrian Martinez. So it wasn't exactly the same, but wasn't that what we talked about last week? Like, you're probably tough enough to compete and battle, but can you avoid those huge gashes here or there that make the difference in the game? And and this time around, they did. But that conversation sounded very familiar to me to what maybe we were looking ahead toward uh, a week ago. Yeah, I, I have no uh, no idea on the first uh, the first drive. That was just disheartening, and then it, you it, you you get you get behind early, and then it it what it didn't stop there. Is although you did limit the damage, it was thirteen to nothing before you kind of settled things down, and and that that's a good sign. But that's twenty to nothing and thirteen to nothing in these two road games. You're just not good enough, and these are ranked teams. These are teams that are, that are good and all that that uh, that you're dealing with. But I, you know, as the game went along, I think in the second, third quarter, you realized I'm not sure Adrian Martinez is going to be able to beat us throwing the ball consistently. Now he did look really good against Oklahoma, but as we're seeing, maybe he doesn't deserve a ton of credit for throwing the ball against Oklahoma. But I think that you, 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 you got it, you got it. That part stopped, and so what happens is you start like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna load the box. We're gonna like bring everybody up for the most part and kind of keep them within close to the line of scrimmage. But when you do that and you miss a tackle or there's a move made, once you get through that initial gap, that there's problems because there's nobody back there to help. I mean, you know, then that's what equals yeah. those long plays. You're kind of showing your hand and, and pushing your guys up to the front of the line of scrimmage or close to it anyway. And that's what once, you know, once they break through, it's just it's curtains. Uh, and, and that's just that, that was frustrating. But. Again, I, I think that, that that was right to do that. It's just the you you know, but it, it leaves you vulnerable on the back end because there's just no there's no help back there. So I don't know, man. I uh, I you know, and, and in some ways, if 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 you tell me you're going to turn it over four times and you're going to give up three fifty on the ground, I, I would tell you. If I tell you that last week, Casey, you're telling me it's probably going to be a thirty or forty point deficit. I, I would have guessed because I'm thinking, okay. You turn it over like that, and you're giving up that many rushing yards. Okay, this is not going to be good. And the no fact shot. that you're, yeah, the fact that you're somewhat competitive, and, and you never and had a chance to take the lead the beginning of the fourth quarter, it does tell you a lot about Joey and the team and how hard they're playing and how hard they're fighting. I just think, as I've said, I just am not real sure how good you are or talented you are. Your 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 margin for error on some of this stuff is is razor thin. And that's frustrating. That's where you. That's why I think you're frustrated, uh, in my opinion. Yep. That's why I'm frustrated. That's why, because how fast are you on offense? That, that I would ask that. I, I, you don't have anybody that's getting behind a defense or pure speed. And and your twitchiest guy, he went down with an ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you know, it's just we we can kind of dissect it that way. But that's kind of what I see. Uh, it's it's just. But guess what? Most of the games in this league are going to be like this. You're going against. Yep. 
some juice, man. I mean, I watch Baylor and Oklahoma State. You watch Kansas. You watch TCU. There's some juice out there, and I just don't know if you have enough of it, but some of these other teams, they certainly do with the skill positions. Well, and your defense, again, seems good enough to keep you in a position to possibly have something to say in the fourth quarter if you can take advantage offensively. And again, you know, you can't just wipe out those chunk plays. I don't want to act like it was a great day for the defense. 343 yards, I think, on the ground for K-State. Right. But you're absolutely right. It's another week where Joey McGuire can very accurately say, we didn't have any business being in this ballgame, whether it's the turnover margin uh, or the rushing total, whatever it might have been, the slow start there in the first quarter. Uh, but Tech did respond, and that doesn't mean nothing. That has to mean something. But eventually, you know, you'd like to maybe be one of those teams that does the things that lead to deserving uh, to win football games or to be in football games. We'll continue breaking it down for Manhattan, Kansas. Coming up, we'll talk some individual efforts, but of course we'll also touch on some of those topics, topics of conversation that will certainly be popular among Tech fans this week as it relates to calls made, decisions made under the headset. We will get to that coming up just ahead as once again Texas Tech was uh, fairly busy on fourth down and uh, had some success, but also had some things that left some stuff to be desired at various moments in the game as well. So we will get to that and much more coming up dead ahead. But first, wanted to remind you that you can post a job for free in minutes right now with LinkedIn Jobs. Reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 800 million people. Just add your job there at LinkedIn Jobs slash Locked on college and then take advantage of simple tools, screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience to meet your business's needs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find those candidates quickly and trim the fat, sift through the noise. Did you know every week, every week, nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on college. Post that bad boy for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech a part of your day. Whenever, wherever, however. You're making it happen. We appreciate it on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. New episodes each weekday. We'll begin in a couple of days to look ahead to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What's next for Texas Tech? Uh, the team looks like a Big 12 front runner. So, <laughs> on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yippee! Yippee! Okay. Hip, hip, hooray! Woo! Can't wait. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, but with great challenge comes great opportunity. So, anything yes. you do well will uh, certainly mean something uh, coming up next time out. But still digesting what went down in Manhattan, Kansas. And, uh, Chris, as it has been so far this season, fourth down calls a topic of conversation you know, last week, six for eight against Texas feels like once in a lifetime type of uh, fourth down luck or even activity. And so it wasn't quite the same conversation this time around. Um, but you did have early on uh, an effort at one that was, well, unconventional, right? You were deep in your own territory. It was early on in the game, short yardage situation, fourth and one. And Joey McGuire, Zach Kitley and company uh, say, we're going for it. And, um, you know, it was at that point that I knew, well, th this will be another hot topic of conversation this week. Because when you're so far outside of the typical box, mm -hmm. right or wrong, 
it's going to generate a lot of attention. And this time around, they were unsuccessful. So that generates even more attention, right? Yeah, and and as I watched uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor uh, over the weekend, Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears are – it's very similar. And so this is where Joey's kind of pulled a lot of things. And he said – he said this to me. You know, look, when I was up in the box – you know, and the only time in my career was was most of last season when he was in Waco. He'd been on the field previously, but he goes, I got to see that book opened up. I got to hear the conversations and how it got talked through and why and 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 the different numbers and all that stuff. And he was like, I just I, I saw the importance of it and the reasoning and, and all those things. And he goes, I'm all in now. And so I guess the book says that's a go. Uh, I don't know at what point fourth and one and what yard line you have to be on where it's just like, okay, this is this is not smart. This is not what we should be doing. And I've been surprised at how both times that you've gone for it in the last two games on your end of the field on fourth down, you haven't gotten it. And your defense is basically, you know, played played well in those Mm -hmm. in those next series. I don't know if you can expect that to continue. I don't know how that gets factored into it. But uh, yeah, just w- w- am I am I right here? One of three on fourth downs. One of three. State? Yep. Yeah, and so and again, it, it's it's head scratching uh, when you do it on your end of the field when there's so much time left in a game. Uh, I don't know if the numbers care about when it is in the game as much as as the down and distance and the fact that you're still maybe on the edge of field goal range, give or take. I don't I don't know what all goes into uh, to those things, but yeah, you you. At some point, yeah, you give up a touchdown there, and it's like, okay, now we've over, we've got just too big of a hill to climb. We can't, we can't get back in it. So I don't know. It's, but I know that this is what the book is, and he he has told me before too. He has said, look, I have, I can, I can overrule anything that I want. You know, if if I just feel like, hey, this isn't what we need to do here, or we need to punt it, we need to kick it. Uh, the field goal, whatever, or you know, he, he's got the ability to say, "Okay, I'm throwing up the X. We're not, we're not doing this. I don't care what the thing says. We're, <laughs> right. we're not, we're not doing that." It's the one yard line, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're in our own end zone. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I versus Texas, when you do that right out of the locker room and you go for it on your end of the field, like one of the things, and I think I even said this on the broadcast was what what's not going to factor. In, into those numbers in that book is that your quarterback didn't, it, it, you know, the, the 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 passes that he had just thrown previously, it didn't instill a lot of confidence. That that's versus right. Texas, right. and so, but I, the book doesn't care. It doesn't. It doesn't know that. It doesn't. I, you know, and maybe that's the point right. is that stupid don't worry book. about that stuff. Yeah. It, what's next? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Stupid book. That's right. And you uh, live to tell about it in that game, and I don't right. th- this this play or, or this Literally. sequence right here didn't didn't necessarily cost you, but I, I know it got a lot of people talking and scratching well, their heads. So, Chris, a nine point difference, and your defense won the situation, but winning that situation still allowed three points. I mean, yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I would you I, rather try to flip the field, play good defense on the other end? I mean, I I certainly listen to that argument. I don't know, man. Um, I wanted to ask you about the third one though, because this is one I, I thought was. Just as interesting. I thought more so. You're in the fourth quarter here. You're, what, around 12 minutes, I think. Uh, yeah, around 12 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Fourth and five. This is where I thought you should have got a P.I. call, as a matter of fact, an incompletion of Sparkman, but you didn't get it. But the decision. 
I kind of felt like it's late enough in the game. It's a touchdown difference. You're at uh, your 40-yard line. You weren't super deep in your own territory. I kind of felt like, yeah, let's be aggressive. Let, let's get it. You're on the road here, and you're fighting for your life. So I didn't mind the call, but I've seen Tech fans that have, have rebuffed that and felt like it was too early, uh, I guess, there in the fourth to have, I don't know, been that desperate, or, or maybe you should have trusted your defense more so. How did you feel about the timing around 12 minutes, down by a touchdown, fourth and five? Uh, on your own forty for that last attempt to go to go for it, uh, fourth and yeah, five. yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just my now my brain is kind of trained in this new school. I'm like, okay, I, you know, not surprised. <laughs> I guess you know, I mean, okay, cause, yeah, yeah. Because really, because uh, to me, like it, it was it was fascinating watching like the 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 Baylor Oklahoma State game from the standpoint of the analytics standpoint, and, and it relates this relates to Joey, Mike okay. Gundy probably thinks. Like I would do it, and that's very much old school. Dave Aranda and like now Joey McGuire, it's very much new school. I mean, Mike Gundy kicked a field goal on fourth and one at the goal line to to put him up, I think, 15, 16 points, and and but it wasn't going to make it more than a two score game, and it didn't come back to bite him. But fourth and one, as good as they've been playing, I just was like, whoa, that right. is not nobody's doing that these days. That was very much outside the box for different reasons but i would i would <laughs> right. I, i'm a bird in the hand guy most of the time in life uh i'm not you know uh, you know I, I just you know like if you if you to tell me before the year hey man you, you're you're gonna go seven and five would you take it i'm probably like yes you know i'm not gonna chance it roll the dice yeah. on maybe hoping you can go nine and three ten and two you know something like that but um so but, i get what you're saying and i think there's something to be said about like uh, being humble with what the game gives you in a way right. it's almost like you're you're interacting with a, a moving entity you know what is the game suggesting to you right now there, there's something to be said for that too right like, well, it's a moving target that, yeah, that's that's exactly right yes yeah. time left down in distance uh yeah. you know like does this book know weather does this book know? <laughs> I mean does this book know and, and and all that that's why Joey said he made he's made it clear Hey, look, you know, rhythm, weather, um, y there's all kinds of uh, things that would pop up that the numbers aren't going to factor in. And that, <laughs> that's why he's at some point got to go, you know what? No, this isn't the right, right play. This is what we're doing and, and all those things. But at this point, I'm just kind of like, it doesn't really affect me now. I mean, it did, you know, when we first started seeing it. But now we've talked about it so much. I'm just like, if they start going for it on fourth down, really, whenever – they did it on their own 15 yard line. I, I might know. run up, run out there and like get a penalty. Uh, just so, but please. that's because now you're used to like the 34, you know, yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, the 34 that's... is reasonable, but the 15, <laughs> no. I mean, think how far we've come in just a few weeks. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I, and you know what? You know, here, here's what else we, we just sat here and talked about. Hey, look, you know, maybe they realize too, we, we have to force the issue a bit. We're not great on offense. You yeah. know, we're, yeah. we're trying to make some things happen. We're going to be aggressive. Maybe it's just a mindset in that if, if, if we sit back and kind of play field position, you know, it's, it's just it's just not going to work because our defense, maybe it, it's good, but it's just not the 85 Bears. It's not going to keep throwing three and outs up. Uh, on the deal and maybe that's a factor too that that's something that I've thought about sure. are they forcing it at times or like being aggressive at times because they feel like hey we don't have any choice like this is who we are 
this is the way we feel like it's to win. And and, and he said it before too. He's not worried about margin of, of loss or margin of whatever. So he doesn't care if he gets beat by 25 or by two. It, it's just, it, we're, we're trying to win. So I, I, there's so many things going on in my head. It's like the thought bubble with the numbers and letters and all these things going everywhere. And it's not really like those are the things that most impacted the game when you've got turnover oh, no. issues I, and chunk plays, but they're still in a in close to a one possession game. I know it was nine, but close to a one possession game, it's still worth considering because you got three points. K State got three points off of the second when you didn't convert either. I mean, there's six points right there potentially, at least to be argued about <laughs> on the heels of failed fourth down calls. So uh it'll it'll light up some conversation this week on redraidersports.com and, and elsewhere i'm sure uh among texas tech fans and and you're right whether i like it or dislike it i wasn't surprised by it i don't know if i like it or not but i wasn't surprised by it that that final one and i i leaned a little more towards not being mad at it because i thought you were late enough in the game to try to take a shot but some don't feel that way and it was 12 minutes so you weren't in the final few minutes just yet but kind of had to wonder how many more possessions were out there for you i think yeah, and, and and so I'm clear, uh, and I even I think I said this uh, in the Texas game and said this in the <clears throat> NC State game too. When there was a couple of decisions made, I think I said at the Texas game, you got to punt this right on one of those fourth down. Like you got to punt it. Like what, what what are you doing? And they convert it, and I'm like, well, I guess that's why you don't punt it. I don't know. And then, <laughs> but but I, I remember saying the same thing at NC State on that fourth and one. I'm like, you got to kick a field goal here, right? And then you end up throwing a pick six and at that point. So it's like flipping a coin, man. You know, half the time you're going to, you're going to land on heads. Sometimes it's going to be tails. This is just kind of, but here's the, here's the real point. The real point is that so many of these games potentially are going to be close enough to where these decisions are big time. Oh yeah. They're going to affect it because I don't know how many great teams there are in, in the big 12 conference. There's a lot of good teams. I mean, you know, it it may look a little bit different right now in that uh, there's some of the teams that we thought we weren't sure about, maybe much better, and some of the teams we thought would be pretty good aren't as good. But there's a lot of good teams. I mean, there's no gimmies uh, at all, including the Jayhawks and including – I've watched enough of West Virginia. You're going to have to go beat those guys too. But there's going to be enough close games where some of these decisions are going to be rather interesting as we go along here. Yeah, good or not, they're they're comparable to one another. And yes. I think that Texas Tech, as you said a little bit earlier, three and two on the heels of four consecutive against top 25 opponents. Are they where we thought they were or a little bit better off? I got to say a little bit better off. There's no freaking way that I'm saying they're three and two at this point. Uh, I really wouldn't have. I, I would have certainly been pegging maybe a two and three, something along those lines. But um, And I, I would say, and I said it on the morning after report over the weekend, to me, Tech looks like a bowl team. I'm not saying it's a high standard, but that's not our fault that it's not a high standard. I think Tech looks like a bowl team. Can you go six and freaking six? I think Tech looks like a team that should be expected to. Whether or not they will, I don't know. But I think they have that kind of capability. And McGuire, I do believe, with some of these decisions, he's trying to show you know, some trust and confidence in his guys. You know I how agree. coaches will do that, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. And I remember a high school coach, the legendary Brian Huseman, once upon a time, like fourth and one, and he's turning to us. And uh, it's like, are, are we going to get it? You want it. We're going to get it. If I give you the bye-bye rallying us up. And our RB got, I mean, just decleated like three yards in the backfield. And he said, <laughs> that was a dumb thing to do. So <laughs> you try to show the guys, hey, I want to let you go get it. I believe you can. But there's also a fine line where maybe you begin to not do it so much in particular moments. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, again, maybe in Stillwater. Before we move on from headset conversations, Chris, 
There's one other that stuck out, uh, stuck out to me, and it was the uh, two-point conversion attempt. So Texas Tech has, has a gutsy drive there uh, with 2.23 left. They get into the end zone, and essentially at that point, they're trailing by 11 points. It's 37-26. to 26. Coach McGuire, Coach Kitley, whoever, uh, decide two-point conversion time. Now, you convert it. Mason Tharp uh, catches one in the end zone to give you another two. So with that two-point conversion, it became 37-28. You were down by nine points. That wound up being the final score. It's interesting to me, Chris, because if you don't get that, you're now, you always needed two more possessions. No matter what, you needed two more possessions. But if you don't get the two-point conversion, you now need a touchdown, not a field goal on the second possession or one of them, uh, to extend the game. You're either down by 11, 10, or 9. And the risk of being down 11, to me, is is not quite worth maybe the reward of being down 9. Am I missing something obvious, or how did you process that? Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what that book says, because that's also something that there's a chart that says, you right. know, you're down here. The only thing I can figure, okay, this is the only, cause I'm with you. I, I like, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there maybe there is something we're missing. I don't know what it would be, but that if you do score the touchdown and get the two points at this point, you're kicking the field goal to win the game as opposed to tying right. it. That's the only thing I can figure is that it's, it's an aggressive mindset and that that's the way these numbers are all based. It's, it's basically trying to tell you to be more aggressive and that the numbers support it. So be aggressive. Don't be afraid to be aggressive and all that. And so that's the only thing I can figure is that you, you know you're going to have to have a field goal anyway. And so if you get the two-point conversion, that field goal is going to be to win the game if everything plays out like you want it to be. That's the only thing I can come up with there. We'll have to uh, wait and see, and, and maybe we'll hear some more uh, on this from uh, Coach McGuire or possibly Coach Kitley as well. But it was definitely an interesting call uh, that will also get some attention from tech fans all right coming up dead ahead before we are done we'll have some parting thoughts primary takeaways on saturday's affair and a big hearty congratulations on the officials cashing in that ksu minus eight ticket we'll get to some details otherwise <laughs> in the fourth quarter but first chris let's get to our friends at bet online you know it you love it. It's the go-to to get the jump on all the angles, action, and angles on the action this pro and college football season. The latest trends for another week are already developing at Bet Online, your headquarters for live betting stats and scores. And Chris, we saw to kick off the week, man. The the Tech Oklahoma State number was already kind of on the move. I think maybe 13 and a half, a stop at 11, 10 and a half, 10 or so. Uh, there was some early movement there, wasn't there? Yeah, and I don't know why. Uh, and speaking of betting and picks, I, I'm, I don't want to go over ours anytime soon from the last week. I don't think I fared very well. Speaking of, uh, yeah. <laughs> you make a man that went 500 feel good. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I could do that. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know anything about this league, man. What, what, what are we doing? Um, Wasn't too good of a week for either of us, really. <laughs> okay, well, that, that makes me feel a bit a bit better. But yeah, the, the the number the number moving quite a bit is interesting on the Oklahoma State Texas yeah. Tech game. I, I don't I don't know why. Uh, I I would have guessed the number would have opened up around nine or ten. It opened up much higher, but it's kind of coming back closer to that. But really, there's nothing that would suggest to you on paper anyway. There's there's much that would scare Oklahoma State uh, in Norman based on how you've played to this point and, and based on how you've played up there before. Yeah. And also 
basing it on how they have been playing lately. So, but uh, yeah, the 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 folks are, are betting it down though. Maybe taking yeah. the Red Raiders. We'll see. Maybe there's uh, somebody knows something that we don't, and I, I hope they do. Curious to see if maybe there's a little more movement as the week goes. I'm along with you, and yeah. uh, you can keep up with it all at Bet Online, where the game starts. And also our friend Armin Williams at Schooley Mitchell, your friend Armin Williams at Schooley Mitchell, standing by ready to help you find ways to make your business more efficient with Schooley Mitchell, North America's number one cost reduction company. And there's no doubt about it, Chris, Red Raider or otherwise, your business is his business whenever you get on board with Armin Williams. It becomes a very personal thing to him and I know everyone who has a business, it's as personal to them as it gets. So you want somebody you can rely on, someone you can trust. Armin is not someone that we just got off of a Red Raider alumni sheet. Uh, This guy is a personal connection, Chris, and happy to vouch for him as being one of those guys you can trust and uh, taking a look and seeing what he can free up with the business, right? Yeah, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you see his picture on the screen, man. Look at that big old smile, man. But that's uh, that's that's who Armin is, man. Never had a bad day and... Uh, he's just looking to help people out there with their business and trying to help save you money. It doesn't cost you anything. Just let him let him make some calls, dig into some stuff, and, and see if he can't help you save some money. And if and if you, you save money, that's how he he makes it go and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, about 30, less than 30% uh, is what he yeah. typically would, would save your business. And with all that extra funds, man, you can do a lot with your business, man. But uh, give Armin a call, man. He's good people. Yeah, stuff that you may not even be thinking about and I have time to think about, but that's his business is to think about those things. Telecom services, waste, shipping, I mean, fuel, utilities, some very simple stuff that you may be paying too much for. And Armin Williams and Schooley Mitchell, North America's number one cost reduction company, want to help you out. They can help you save money without sacrificing service and save time without increasing your payroll. So, Get started today at Save with Armin, A-R-M-E-N, SaveWithArmin.com. As Chris mentioned, no upfront costs, starts with a free analysis, and then they only share in any savings found. So get the ball rolling today and free up some wiggle room for your business as you get ready for 2023 with our friend Armin Williams and Schooley Mitchell at SaveWithArmin.com. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech, L-O-double-tizzy with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast so that you will be alerted when new videos are hitting the scene. 7 a.m. Central Standard Time premiere each weekday and uh, back at it coming up again tomorrow. Red Raiders back at it. With the Oklahoma State Cowboys coming up this week, we'll have plenty as we turn the page and begin to look ahead to the Cowboys. Got a bye week on the other side of that. Might have a quarterback conversation reinvigorated. So we got a whole lot to discuss as uh, we get closer to the Cowboys and closer to hitting that uh, second half stretch of the season. But first, continuing to look back to Saturday as the Red Raiders fall to Kansas State 37 
to 28. And Chris, uh, I said a moment ago, because I'm just going for the simplest explanation, that uh, we needed to congratulate uh, those Zebras for cashing that minus eight ticket, because that's the only thing that could possibly make sense. Can you help me wrap my mind around the final sequence for Texas Tech offensively where not over, not only do you have a, a whistle blown seemingly right before or in the midst of a play that uh, ends in an interception, but you also have a, oh, I was frustrated by like the five or six yard miss spot uh, that you also got on the Xavier White catch, I guess just the play prior to that. There's just a whole ball of fun there for Tech fans to take in via <laughs> this uh, Big 12 officiating crew. But really, the whistle's what's sticking out, I guess, even more so, man. And I was shocked Joey McGuire did, did not go a little harder in the post-game press conference. But what'd you see? What'd you hear? How'd you uh, process that? Yeah, I, I think the ball should have been spotted on the 25. I think it was spotted on the 29. And I think that there there is clearly uh, maybe even multiple whistles uh, that blew and you have even an official, I think starting to come out onto the field almost as if to say, Oh, time out. Like, like blowing it, like again, showing that maybe blew the whistle or like, let's stop, let's talk this out. Uh, but what's, what's ultimately going to happen here is that they just ultimately decide, okay, I guess we're going to allow the play to go on. It's an interception. Let's get out of here. Let's, you know, as you <laughs> said, catch the, catch the ticket. They'll, they'll, they'll turn that into the league. The league is going to say, we screwed it up. We, we 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 messed that up. There was a, a whistle because whether that's from the stands or whether that's from somebody that just didn't own up to blowing their whistle, there was a whistle blown. It's very audible. Right. You can hear it. Everybody heard it. It, it. That that you can't you can't deny that part. And and it's also a, a botched spot. I mean that that part is can't can't be denied. I mean you could see where he caught the ball. That is not. It's four yards off and where the ball was put down on the turf. And so that, that it's just totally fumbled and it's botched and they're going to come back and tell you they screwed it up. Why? I, I guess I don't get so fired up about it. And so just enraged and, and all that is because at this point it is, it's still a two score game. You're going to have to score something and then recover another onside kick. And the odds of you doing that are yeah. Would I've loved for you to at least had that chance and see where it was going to go from there. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, don't let somebody run for 350 on you, and you probably solve your own issues there. You know what I mean? So that's why I couldn't be too I'm not looking for perspective, Chris. (laughs) I want to be mad right now. No, I totally get what you're saying, but by the same token, and I I said it on the morning after report, I don't think the whistle impacted the DBs. I don't think it impacted Donovan Smith's decision to try to fit that there. Could it have impacted the, the pass catcher, like not finishing? I have no idea, but I don't really think it impacted the play. But I don't care. That's not our problem that we had failures. You had the failure, officiating crew. Shut the play down. A whistle from the stands, a whistle on the field, doesn't matter. Lucky for us. So what? We're a pig that found an acorn, I guess. Whatever. doesn't matter. You've got to shut the play down. It's- I thought it was a squirrel that's looking for the, the, the feast on an acorn. I, the, the yeah, pigs and it's like not that? a pig. It's a blind hog. Okay, there you go. Okay, I don't know. Gotcha. The squirrel, gotcha. possibly also in the barnyard that day as well. I do not care. It doesn't matter. You ever seen that totally ridiculous, dumbass sportsmanship commercial where the guy touches it, it goes out of bounds, but they don't call it. Then he comes back to the huddle and he's like, coach, (laughs) it was me. I touched it. And the coach is like, Kevin, good call, man. Good call. And they give it to the other team. That's not real life. That's not real life. I learned this in seventh grade. Again, going back, he's going to get his second mention of the show, the legendary Brian Huseman. 
I remember one point in time, ineligible receiver catches a touchdown pass in uh, Acuff, Texas for us. We didn't report this guy, I guess, or they didn't register, but the refs are so damn confused. They can't sort it out. We're hearing the conversation, and I'm thinking, well, is the coach like going to fess up to it, or what happens here? Hell no, you don't fess up to it. It's their problem. It's not your problem. We took the touchdown, and we didn't look back. It's the officiating crew's problem, not ours. What you're saying is true, Chris, and I certainly echo it in saying I'm not sure it affected the play, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, and, and you make a great point, and, 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 but it's it's just like last week. when that Should that have been intentional grounding? For Texas, sure. absolutely, yeah. and they told you that. I think the Big Twelve ended up coming back and <laughs> right. indicating. Well, I'm, I'm I'm connecting dots there, but I believe they came back and said, "Yeah, that, that was that was intentional grounding." But uh, but again, all they're going to do is say, "Yeah, we screwed it up." The end, but it doesn't change the result. It's very frustrating. <laughs> but but I'm going to tell you right now, are they going to screw something up in Stillwater? Probably. It's just kind of part of the deal. I mean, like you <laughs> know, it's just yeah. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of know that going in uh, that, you know, that they're they're You know, it, it's not a it, it's a it's a very difficult sport to officiate one. But the Big 12, I do think they struggle with with quality officials and some of their head head guys, man, they've, they've taken their ball and gone to Big Ten or ACC or SEC because I believe they pay it pay out a bit better. These need so. to be the highest paid guys, I guess, in the league. We, we need some quality. Uh, yeah. Because this was just insane. I, I don't get it, and I don't care if it doesn't change the outcome of the game one way or another. Uh, you took some opportunity away from the players, and Correct. that should never be acceptable. Uh, primary takeaways from the game, individual or otherwise, Chris, is there a Red Raider you want to touch on, an aspect, a positional group? Uh, what was really setting with you as, as we walk away from Manhattan? Well, Tyree Wilson continues to be consistent. Uh, I think, you know, he has a couple of sacks. I think he's starting to put, you know, he, he's your leading tackler coming into the game. Obviously, one of the one of the best guys from a sack uh, standpoint in the conference. I think that's fun to watch him kind of, again, no matter where or who he's playing against, he's been very consistent uh, this season. And I thought it, it, you mentioned his name just a second ago, who had the big catch right there that should have been credited with four more receiving yards, but Xavier White, it, you know, he kind of emerged as a bit of a, a weapon, and we hadn't seen much of him this year. I'll tell you what else I noticed too, man, and maybe we can spend some uh, more time about this aspect overall. I didn't see any of Jerron Bradley. Mm -hmm. Didn't start, Didn't wasn't targeted, didn't record a catch. I got nothing for you. I thought that was very interesting, uh, if anything. And so I think that that was something that stuck out to me as well. I also thought, wasn't it a Sparkman-Cleveland combo and not a Fungi-Bradley to begin? We saw Fungi eventually, but I thought both those guys were. Yeah, I, I think Lowick is dealing with some shoulder stuff right okay. now. He's had a he's had one shoulder repaired that is not, I mean, that I think kind of bothers him on occasion, but his other shoulder is, is dinged up a bit too. And so I think he he's playing through it, but I, he's got a break, like a harness on. But I think that like depending on where he has to go up and catch it, yeah, it, it, it's very painful. And he did make the one catch in traffic, uh, yeah. I, I think, against Kansas State, which I was impressed with. But yeah. and Trey Cleveland, he, he is emerging. Oof. We need to make sure we mention him. He's starting to, to be uh, consistent and, and do some things. But, um, you know, I, yeah, there's just a few guys I just thought I'd uh, highlight there. Highlight of the day for Trey Cleveland individually. Absolutely. That was that was incredible, and they they were trying to get to him more. I, I think he was targeted like seven or eight times, had three catches, so maybe he's going to be a bigger and bigger uh, part of the game plan, but that was an incredible 
uh, individual efforts. And not only bring it in one handed, but then you're yeah. you're carrying the dude like your son for another 15 yards or so down the field. I mean, I, 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 awesome. I love the playmaking. And, and, and you didn't hear much from the tight ends. I mean, I think that was maybe Nothing, more of man. a Donovan issue, but there was a you targeted him a few times. But again, I'm looking for consistency. <laughs> I'm looking for consistency here. Like who who can be yeah. who's going to be a playmaker week in and week out, and that that continues to be a question, you know, because it's too much too much thumbs up thumbs down kind of from week to week with with certain guys, right. and, and and again, is that just the way it works? Is that a Donovan thing? Is that play calling? Is that the defensive scheme? Probably all the above, but I think. Do, Real recognized real. So if, if like Izukama, he kind of disappeared way too much last year, but I knew he could flat out play. I mean, like get him the ball, feed him, right? Uh, till he burps. And I just don't know if you have that guy. <laughs> we did see Tharp bring one in on a two point conversion, and you were talking yes. about targeting the tight ends. And I did see a target, but I'm not so sure that I want down the sideline, outside shoulder, over the top to Henry Teeter to be the classic tight end target design. He did get a hand on it, but I'm not sure that that's putting him in the best situation for success <laughs> as a pass catcher. We've got plenty more to chop up as we walk away from this one, but man, no time to waste getting ready for another big challenge as Tech is staring down the barrel of their fifth consecutive top 25 opponent and second consecutive week on the road heading to Stillwater, Oklahoma, coming up to tangle with the Cowboys. Uh, Chris, we'll get to that and more coming up this week, man. Enjoyed it as always, and we'll catch you on the other side. Keep hope alive, man. That's the only choice, and this is really good advice this week. Really good advice this week. You may think it's just a throwaway line after you beat Texas. Oh, yeah. How could we run out of hope? But no, this time, take it to heart, and uh, hopefully might mean something for you coming up on Saturday. All right, make Locked On Big 12 your second listen with Josh Neighbors there for you right now as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we'll see you back around for another edition of Locked on Texas Tech coming up tomorrow on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. For the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Have a great one. We'll see you next time on Locked on Texas Tech.